Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm here, of course, with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much, Derek. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Well, I know uh, a lot of people have been... Actually, you know, last year, during the All-Star break, people were kind of glad that we didn't have to watch the Bulls play under Jim Boylan, but this year it's a little different. We've kind of been missing the Bulls in action. Yeah, I would say that with um, what's been going on with the break, um, you know, um, even leading up to the All-Star game, like I know, like uh, I was excited about watching Levine play in the All-Star game, but I don't know about you. I'm I'm not really a big All-Star game person that just tunes in to like I have to sit down and watch the all-star game like um, I tuned in for when Zach was playing but for the most part I I wasn't you know I'm not like into you know the whole entire all-star game so like leading up to this I was I was uh, just more disappointed that I, I didn't have any more games to watch and that we have to wait one more day until we we have a another game that's coming up so i hope (laughs) here's my thing about that you know when we were growing up and we had guys like jordan and bird magic those type of guys that were playing the all-star games the all-star games actually meant something and were competitive nowadays everybody just moves out the way for whoever's got the ball to go ahead and score. Yeah, like when I was watching the highlights, like I I think um I forget like I think it was like an anniversary of like Jordan's first time in the All-Star game or something like that. Well, anyway, it was videos of him in the All-Star game. I think it was the 89 All-Star game. And you know, Jordan's doing his thing with the scoring, but like he's attacking the rim on guys. Like it's not like people are like just let like opening the door for him to get to the basket. Like he's jumping over guys and just doing his thing. But more than that, I saw him playing defense on people. Like he was, you know, stealing the ball, bodying guys up. Uh, I think he had three blocks in that game too, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. on a couple of centers. So, <laughs> you know, like it just like the competitive vibe was just totally different from the all-star games that I watched in the past, as opposed to, I don't, I don't know what it is that they're trotting out there on the, during the all-star game. It's like everybody who dribbles up court is going to shoot a three pointer, even if you're a center. Um, And if you're going to the basket, the red sea is going to part. Like you're just (laughs) going to, to get it, like show off your latest, dunk attempts uh, whenever you feel like in the All-Star game. So, you know, it's just not as appetizing for me to watch the All-Star game. Right. I mean, like, you know, back then it was competitive. It was the best of the best um, 
hey, we're represented in this conference and we're going to show you why our conference is better than your conference. Nowadays, it's not even a conference anymore. They're, they're picking players like a play, uh, pickup game. And, I mean, you know, Team Durant got shut out because the way that KD picked his team, he, he you know, he went picked his teammates, Harden and Kyrie, and his, you know, he was just trying to pick his buddies and really didn't care because he wasn't going to play anyway. Yes. LeBron actually like picked and structured a team and it clearly showed because team LeBron just won every quarter and it, it really still didn't matter because if you got the ball, they gave you the lane or if you wanted to shoot a three, they're not really contesting it. It's like they, they're just out there to be out there. The NBA changed the structure, hoping that you know playing for charity would bring some competitiveness back. Um, it worked last year. Last year's All Star Game was a bit more competitive, where guys were actually kind of playing defense and trying to win the game. Um, maybe this year that didn't happen because a lot of players were against even having the All Star Game because of the pandemic. Uh, I'm not sure. But you know, it it's it definitely wasn't like how it used to be in the old days. But you know, Zach was out there, and you know, we were happy for Zach being a first time All Star. But I thought Zach passed the ball a bit too much when he got it. Yeah, I felt like he was deferring uh, with the ball in his hands, like because like everybody else was taking. As many shots as they felt. <laughs> um, I think like with Zach, he was just happy to be there. Um, with just getting that recognition that he has arrived as a player, even though like a good amount of us think that he deserved to be one last year. Um, but I, I think for the most part, like he was just taking it and soaking it all in. I don't think that, you know. I don't think that he was so connected where he was like, okay, I got to make a statement in this game. I think he was just being passive for a reason, just, you know, soaking it all in. Not like a LeBron James who, like, let's face it, he's putting together these players who he thinks he can recruit to the Lakers. Like, you can't, you can't tell me that LeBron doesn't treat this as like a recruiting, a recruiting trip uh, sort of vibe that he puts in. But, um, you know, even, like, watching LeBron, LeBron pay, played, like, how many minutes? Like, I don't know, like, it, it felt like maybe six minutes of the game that he played. <laughs> Rassie was like, you know, okay, you guys got it. So, but, yeah, like, I think with Zach, it was just a matter of him just, you know, seeing all these guys, taking in that he's finally receiving that recognition that he's one of the best players in the NBA. So, um, you know, I, I think that's why, like, his his demeanor was more to, like, just be more passive and not really attack like we know Zach could. Yeah, LeBron played 12 minutes and 46 seconds. Oh, that was okay. That, that's double Which, the time. It felt like he played <laughs> six minutes. 
which was the second least of everybody that played in the All-Star game. Uh, only person that played a little less than him at 12 minutes and 19 seconds was Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Hmm. <laughs> okay. And, you know, that that's there's a big gap between LeBron and Mike Conley. Yes, there is. And, and one being the captain of the team. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's obvious of him being the captain of the team. Like, you're not tuning into the All-Star game to see what Mike Conley is going to do <laughs> on the court. Like, that's it's not why viewers are just, you know, going to go to their, their uh, sofas and click on that. But, yeah, I, I, you know, Zach – he finished with 13 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals, um, and a block. Um, no, but he had made the statement that he wanted to, to put on a show. So when he got the ball, I'm thinking, okay, Zach's going to drive this, and he's going to make up for this terrible, terrible slam dunk contest that was at the halftime. <laughs> And he's just passing the ball. I'm screaming at the TV, stop passing, Zach. Go go get yours. Well, you know, another thing that was kind of frustrating to me was that as I was watching that game, it seemed like the only time they played defense was when Zach had the ball in his hand. <laughs> like, I was looking at them, I'm like, why are there three guys still covering Zach Levine like he's playing on the Bulls right now? It's an all-star game. <laughs> So yeah, I he was passive, but like it it did seem like they were like picking him up more than anybody else on the floor. I don't know, maybe maybe I was just having Bulls withdrawal, but that's what I saw <laughs> on the court. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, luckily. <laughs> We won't have to do with that withdrawal too much uh, more because we are back in action tomorrow against the Philadelphia 76ers, who were probably going to be without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons because they missed the All Star game because of contact tracing for COVID. And I don't think they're going to be available for the game tomorrow. So, so that means that we're not playing the 76ers, we're playing the other guys. <laughs> Simmons and Embiid are the 76 <laughs> I don't even like that team they have Dwight Howard on their team right yeah they have Dwight Howard okay so other than that and Tobias Harris I don't think I can name anyone else on that team if I'm not mistaken and, you know it doesn't like the legitimacy of a team doesn't come down to whether or not I can name their players, but you know, like, who else is on that team? I cannot tell you off the top of my <laughs> I think they have a thigh ball playing for them or something like that. So, I mean... Uh, it's, um... It's, Trying to pull up their roster. Um, like it's definitely a, a game that the Bulls should win. No, I would definitely hope that the Bulls will come out and win this game, especially because um, 
Billy Donovan has said that Otto Porter Jr. and Lori Markham both done some contact in practice. And, you know, depending on how they get through today's practice, they both could be back in the lineup tomorrow. Okay. Like, hearing, like, Laurie's coming back is pretty exciting because, like, I think people are people are looking at Laurie and they're like, oh, you know, um, you know, he's missed a, a, a bunch of games this year. Well, the first part was due to, to the uh, COVID with the contract uh, contact tracing, right? Yeah. Like, he wasn't injured. So, like, with hit with this late this injury, I mean this injury was it was pretty significant. I saw like the guy that he who um who he ran into with his shoulder, um pretty thick dude. But you know this wasn't like a major injury where like um, he was lost for a couple of months throughout the year. Like and if you look at his stats, he's putting up a career high as far as scoring, a shooting, um. And, and just, like, I think even his three-point percentage is up than it was last year. Like, his rebounds are, are still down from where they need to be. But Laurie's had a really solid, you know, start to the year. As far as with Otto and him coming back, like, I I don't know. Like, people, a lot of people are saying how they're glad to have him back. And the idea of having Otto back is good to me, but it, that's not something that really excites me. Like, I, I look at Otto as one of those guys who the Bulls should try to see what they can get for him. Not like letting him do a buyout, but like actually seeing who they can trade for, for Otto because I, I just I don't think that he has it as far as being able to uh, come out of the rest of this year healthy and providing anything really significant with this Bulls team. I don't know, what do you think about that? Well, getting him back um, and having him play can only help but kind of boost his trade value. Um, I, I don't think Otto's in the long-term plans for the Bulls. You know, he, he's on the expiring contract, which is pretty attractable in trades. Um, so, you know, if he's actually healthy and being able to go out on the court, that's only going to you know help the Bulls out if they are indeed looking to try to see what they can get for him. Yeah, because I'm looking at them and I'm like, this this year is supposed to be about evaluating players, um, developing players, and, you know, seeing if you can add to who you have that are going to be on this roster moving forward with Zach Levine. Um, I don't know if really Otto, like, answers any of those questions for them because we already know what Otto Porter is as a player um, even when he's healthy um, we know like the elements that he has but as far as him being a part of this Bulls team moving forward I don't I don't really see that as being like a viable option and at this point I'm thinking like is there any way that you could trade him to another team that's just looking for a salary dump or, or something I've seen, I think, some some type of rumor that the Warriors were interested in Otto. Not sure, you know, what would come out of a trade of sending Otto to the Warriors. Whether we can package something, maybe get, you know, try to steal Ubre away from 
Dude, that sounds like something like that Otto's agent would put out there. <laughs> not, <laughs> not from the team, like oh, uh, like from the Warriors. Like I don't, I don't really see what Otto would add to the Warriors lineup. And Ubre, like I mean, think about it. Like moving forward, would you rather have Ubre, who is really having like uh, a rebound to where his where his um the way his uh, year started off? Um, or would you rather have Otto, who you don't even know if you're going to have him, like, healthy for a significant stretch of time? Like, I don't see the Warriors coming up with any kind of type of trade like that. Yeah. You know, like, it's a wishful thinking. Figure out what we could patch with Otto. <laughs> yeah. Probably would definitely cost a couple picks, but uh, um. Okay, looking at the Sixers roster, they they have Seth Curry. Okay, and they have Danny Green, um, Maurice Stiebel. Stiebel, I knew there was a bull on there. <laughs> um, no, yeah, the White Howard, like you said, and Tobias Harris. Yeah, uh, that's this that's pretty decent. It's decent, but without Embiid and and uh, Simmons in there, like you don't have any real playmakers on that team, right? So, you know, again, like if the Bulls can't patch together a win versus that team, I know that they're a well-coached team, but if they can't patch together a win versus a team missing their their two of their best players, then especially with as much as uh, Embiid offers to this team, both offensively and defensively, and then like the Bulls, like they're they, they're looking at being in trouble if they can't pull off a win there. And aren't aren't the Bulls playing at home? Um, I believe so. Yeah. So. Yeah. That. that yeah. That's, it's it's in Chicago. Should be a win. I'm, when's the last time you heard me say anything about should be a win? For this <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's been more this year than last year. <laughs> that, much. that is true. Definitely true. And, you know, that's that's the start. We're actually on a back-to-back. Um, we play at home again the next day on Friday against the Miami Heat. Ooh. Anybody missing off the Heat team? No, I think we'll be getting Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Because I, I heard um, that Adebayo and um, there was somebody else significant on that team that was going to be missing tomorrow's game versus the Magic, which, I mean, they probably figured they can they – can, patch together anybody to beat the Magic with the many injuries that the Magic have had. But they might be trying to rest some players just in anticipation for that Bulls game. i tell you, uh, Miles, Miles Leonard, uh, he won't be with the Heat for the game. <laughs> Don't know if you um, aware about that controversy going on with that one. You know, I, ha- I heard that tape and I was I was thinking about 
that slur that he used. And I was like, you know, like the first time I heard that slur, <laughs> um, I was watching a movie and I'm trying to think. Then yeah, the name of the movie was um Oh, it was just on the slip of my tongue and School Ties, that's what the name of it was. It was like a an early nineties movie that was about something that happened in the forties or fifties, some somewhere around that era. And after that I never heard it again. <laughs> and, <laughs> So you got to figure that like that's 14. I was 14 at the time, probably 13 or 14. And now being at age 40. So that's going on what 27, 26 years that I've gone and I haven't heard that word used before. After that period. And I'm like, how do you pull that out of your <laughs> Where where are you going to with the people that you hang out with that you find that word? Like I don't I don't know. You know, it's not like a whole bunch of people are going around and using that slur. <laughs> so yeah, like Oh man. Oh you know, I, I'm thirty five and I've never heard anybody use that word. Yeah, because, like, yeah, it was something that was, like, more or less popularized in, like, maybe, like, the 30s and the 40s. And, you know, people used it, but, like, who, who, like, who uses that word now? I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, my goodness. Um, You know, I, I was watching the video after reading his apology and he's saying, you know, he, 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 he didn't, he, I think he said something along the lines of he didn't know the meaning of the word or something like that, but he paused a good three to four seconds before he said it. Like he was just trying to think of what slur to use. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man, just apologize. Don't say I didn't know just give an apology you messed up <laughs> yeah like you know <laughs> like that's deep in your bag of words like you have to like dig deep to find <laughs> that word I don't even know if people really know like you know who that word is even directed towards in a, in a negative light I don't I don't see like the majority of people like if you walked around the street around the street or like you were in the city and you went around and asked people, hey, do you know what this word is? Like, I would say maybe less than half of the people would probably know what that word is. And like even less than half of those people would know who that word is directed toward. Like, I don't think the majority of people know the significance behind that word I, I really don't so like for him to like go on there and not only use the word and let's face it like in the gaming communities there's a whole bunch of like nasty vile things vile words that people are using in those platforms that they don't 
really use in real life, but people are calling each other all kinds of ridiculous stuff in those platforms, at least from when I was growing up, just right. watching kids play video games, you know, they, they would call each other all kinds of like crazy, nasty things. So I can only imagine what goes on in this gaming world, but I'm like, dude, like you can't hide behind. I, I don't know what that word means when you pause, like you said, to think about what word you could tell that person that was going to be thought of as a put down. Like, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And which doesn't even make any more sense is he's younger than both of us. So yeah. like, where where did you even get this word from? Yeah. That's the crazy thing. I forgot Myers Leonard is younger than we are. Yeah, he he wasn't born until nineteen ninety two. Man, am I that old? <laughs> so I was 12 when he was born. And two years later, I heard that word. And after that, I never heard the word used ever again. So yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he he's... um. He said he will not be with the team indefinitely, so he won't be on the court Friday. Well, I mean, he makes a good amount of money, but, you know, Myers Leonard is not a major player for this Heat team. Um, You know, I'm forgetting, like, the backup, the center that they had was the backup center in uh, Boston um, that gets a lot more playing time than he does, and yeah, it's not like he's so significant. Like I don't I don't know if I would necessarily cut him just because like when I think of people like using things like that, you know, saying stuff like that, like if you want to see somebody actually turn around or actually grow, you know, it's like give them like to me, you give people an opportunity to to turn themselves around. But you know, it didn't sound like he was very contrite in what he was saying. Was saying, "Oh, I didn't realize the significance of the word." No, you paused, <laughs> and like I even mentioned a Rolodex. I don't even think people know what a Rolodex is nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, like he was going through his word bank to try to figure out what word he was going to say for that particular moment. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he'll necessarily get a pass. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're, you know, just going to be content with him sitting at home and, you know, maybe saying they sent him to some type of sensitivity training before bringing him back or they're just going to end up cutting him. I'm pretty sure no team would touch him in a trade right now. Probably not. No, I couldn't see that happening. Yeah, you know, because the trade deadline is coming up, and you know, it, it's a lot of um, a lot of teams seem to be interested in Magic Johnson. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Do you do you think that the Bulls should see what they should try to get for him, or do you think he's just too important to the team as it is right now? 
Well, I mean, anytime, you know, a trade is out there, I think you, you know, you'd be kind of crazy not to think of, like, at least listen to a trade. Like, if somebody was going to, like, give me, like, a first-round draft pick for Felicio, would I, like, <laughs> listen to that trade? No. Like, you know, you, you, you always listen to trades, but I think for this team with where they're at, I think, you know, uh, a, a high first-round draft pick is not going to do anything for this team moving forward for, like, getting like getting another player of Levine's stature on this team so they can take the next step. That's what I'm trying to say. Like I don't see like where that's going to happen. Even like if like the, the Bulls somehow got like the number one pick in the draft, like who out there do you think is um you know ready to step in and start a playoff game out of this year's basketball draft? Like that, you know, that's just that's not going to happen. Like, there's no LeBron James in this draft that's coming up. There's no, you know, D, D- Wade. There's no next Michael Jordan in this draft. Like, it, it's funny. Like, I was looking at a video. And I forget which one of the um, which one of the um, potential top five picks that they were going through, and the guy, you know, he had his dribble. His dribble was tight. And he he uh, took his man off the dribble, and the guy, the defender, fell to the ground. And everybody was, you know, going on and on about his ability to to make the defender go to the ground. But when he put up the shot, he missed. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, is that where we're at? Where we're, you know, amazed by somebody taking somebody off the dribble and then pulling up and missing? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. So. You know, it's, I don't see anybody who's coming out in the draft, in the next draft, that's going to be like, okay, I have to have this guy because it's going to help the Bulls team make even an even better step than where they're supposed to be. Like, I think you need to look at surrounding um, the Bulls players on this team right now with who are having upward trajectory that can like help push this team to the next level not you know start partially rebuilding and trying to develop more players who can go with Zach and move on that's just my opinion so I, I think like with having a guy like um, with uh, Sad you know he's really been instrumental in helping a lot of these young players get to their spots uh, play play more like veterans on this team than I'm sure a lot of them are used to having. Like, I think the, the impact that he's had offensively and defensively, just knowing how to move his body, um, knowing how to use his hands. If he's beat off the dribble, you see a lot of those young guys who are picking up those same traits and it's, it's having a good effect on the team right now. So I don't, I don't think that you would move, move anybody or move that to, to try to bring in another draft pick. Like that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, given the fact that it's a lot of the top teams who are looking at a player like that to help them get over the hump. Like I, I wouldn't offer him up to any of those other top players 
for them to like take the next step with trying to get to a championship. That's just me. Yeah, that that situation you described with you know making the defender fall and missing the shot. Um, I think that's referred to as a million dollar move and a ten cent finish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I completely agree. Like, um, you know, and you you listen to trade offers, but unless you know they're giving you something that's absolutely going to blow you away, that has been too important to this team. Um, you know, like you said, it, it's pretty much a contender that would want Thad to, you know, try to help them get to that championship. So you you would think that their first round pick that they would pro- potentially offer up is going to be uh in the later um, trajectory. So you you can't give up somebody that's provides as much intangible as Thad for a late first round pick. Um, and, you know, the Bulls are a young team and, you know, every young team needs that veteran presence, um, even off the court, not just on the court, you know, that, like you said, that has been, you know, helping these guys out. They're picking up some of his tricks and, you know, he's been a big help with, I would say, Wendell and Laurie this year. But, you know, also, you you know these guys. Kobe's what twenty. Um, P. Will's nineteen. You need a good veteran player that can help these guys transition to becoming an NBA player, and you know, give them the ins and outs of the league, even off the court. So, I think that is way too important to be packaging a trade for. Potentially nothing really. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't value picks as a lot of these people in Bulls Nation do, especially a low first round pick because you never know how they could turn out. Yeah, I mean, like the only person that we have that's comparative who actually turned into like an all star, borderline superstar player with this team is Jimmy Butler. You're telling me that the Bulls are going to find another Jimmy Butler who is like Jimmy Butler now, not like Jimmy Butler coming into the league, learning how to play defense from Luol Deng, uh, putting in the work to turn himself around to like an all-star level player in what about, it was like four years like he was playing in an all-star level? Yeah. Um, So yeah, I don't think you want to add a guy like that like because like Levine he's what he's 26 right now like do you want to see him middling around with young players um, and waiting like another four three or four years to help him do anything serious in the in the playoffs I don't think that you do that now one guy that I have thought about like the Bulls seeing if they could add was um Andre Drummond like I to me I like I know a lot of people have been like you know oh Andre Drummond doesn't fit into the league today's league uh, but I don't know that many centers who are other than Jokic and Embiid who are like lights out from outside in the three-point range and you know just being shot creators themselves I don't 
see like there being so many big men who do that. And I, I look at Andre Drummond's uh, player efficiency rating since he's come into the league, and I'm amazed at the impact that he's had with playing with like so many terrible teammates. Like if you go back and you look at Andre Drummond's career, like the best player that he might have played with is like a toss up between Blake Griffin and Greg Monroe. So, and you look at his player proficiency or player efficiency rating, it's been in like the low twenties. And to me, like if you want to really be able to make some noise in the playoffs, you have to have guys who are in the twenties and up for your top players on the team. What do you think about that? I am not a fan of Andre. <laughs> yeah, I keep uh, hearing people say that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the he he does not fit uh into the NBA. I, I don't I also think he doesn't fit in with the type of schemes that Billy Donovan runs. Um I don't know. I, I I just don't see him working out. Um, I understand, you know, the need for an actual big guy down there at times because, you know, Window was getting killed by Jokic and Embiid. And, but they, they pretty much kill anybody. I don't think, you know, having Andre Drummond would change much against those two um and those are pretty much the centers that you're going to worry about um i don't know I, I i don't see like giving up anything significant to get andre drummond on this team i don't see well, how it helps out who would you be keeping like who would you be who are you trying to keep so that andre drummond wouldn't be added to this team And I, I I don't know I, uh, unless we're giving them Felicio and you know Denzel Valentine, <laughs> I I just don't see giving up anything for Andre Drummond. Like the reason I bring it up is because like everybody keeps saying how these traits that Wendell Carter has, and I believe he does have certain capabilities, but. If you think about it, like there is a guy who played on this bull team, who played a power four position, who was undersized, who would put up like 20, 10, two blocks a game and almost two steals a game and a little over two assists per game. You remember that player who came out who was like, I think he was, I don't think he was a top pick, but like he might have been picked number seven for the Bulls. Think number seven. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think if he was like a, a number one pick, but I don't think that he was a number one. He might have been a number one pick the year that he came out, but he came out of Duke. Came out of Duke. Um, and for eight years, that's what he was putting up, like, continuously when he was in the league. Played the power forward position. Are 
Are you talking about Elson Brand? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, like, as much as, like, we might not think about, like, Elton Brand, the player, and what he accomplished. During yeah. His- <laughs> he was the first pick. Oh, he was the first pick? Yeah, his first pick. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. I honestly couldn't remember. But, like, people, like, like the Bulls got rid of him after, like, what, the third year? Like, the third or fourth year? That they traded him for, like, um, it was uh, Tyson Chandler, and it was another guy who's not in the league anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like, I was going, I was reminiscing, I was going back and looking at Elton Brand's career. And, like, I looked, and I was, like, surprised. This guy put up 20 points, over 20 points per game, over 10 rebounds, two blocks, a, seemed like a couple of, of of steals, and, like, a little over two assists per game for almost eight years when he first came into the league. Now, injuries took away, like, a lot of the stuff that he was able to accomplish. But I think back, do you see Wendell Carter, like, becoming that type of player? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it, Wendell, you know, he shows flashes. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't ever see Wendell averaging twenty points a game. Yeah, I don't see him averaging twenty points a game either. And his his player efficiency has gone up. It was like from fifteen to now it's like in the mid sixteen. But for a guy of his size with his skill set, supposedly, he's averaging how many rebounds per game? It's like. Seven and a half, maybe. Like Luca averages more rebounds per game than 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 um Wendell does. So that's what makes me wonder. Like I'm like people are talking about his ability and what he can do, and I'm thinking about a guy who's been in this league, who's played on some really bad teams, but when he's played player efficiency or player efficiency rating is 20 and above since he's been in the league. That's why I'm like, for a guy like that, who still has that type of efficiency and his numbers, scoring numbers are down, but he's also playing on a bad team. And this year, a team that really didn't want him necessarily with the price tag that he had, how would that not be an upgrade over what Wendell Carter is producing right now? Just a thought. I'm not, you know, I'm not like this is my dead stance that I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill saying I'd rather have Andre Drummond than than Wendell Carter. But my my thoughts are if the point is to try to surround who I believe is the focal point of this Bulls team with Zach Levine. Try to surround him with guys who have very high player efficiency rating. If you go back and you look through the contending teams in the East and the West, those teams have guys on their team with at least two players with high player efficiency rating. That's all I'm going to say. 
you saying you say this efficiency level and it's just like but is it because he's playing on a bad team <laughs> where he's pretty much been the best player on a pretty bad team like pretty much his whole career well let's put this in like think about it this way everybody agrees that clay thompson is a great player right right good great i was surprised go look up clay thompson's actually player actual player efficiency rating for his career It'd be very surprising. For his career, if if I checked it right, player efficiency rating has been at like a 16 for his career. Okay. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Surprising, being that you know, uh, what he, he what did he drop sixty on us? <laughs> what was that? I said that's surprising because what did what did he drop sixty on us? Well, he dropped sixty on what, like the boiling bowl? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's not you know, <laughs> those are good numbers. <laughs> Tracy McGrady dropped 62 points on some team last time I can remember, but (laughs) so like, if you think about it that way with as great as we think that um, Clay is Devin Booker for his career is like a 16 rating there are a lot of guys who put up high scores and you know are very high you know scoring talents who don't have very efficient player efficiency rating but they happen to play with a guy who's like a superstar level player but did you find his numbers yet yeah uh his well his player efficiency is actually like in the twelves, not even thirteen. For um for Clay. For Clay for his career? Um, I'm not sure of his career. I just pulled it up and it says twelve point seventy one. Yeah, like so isn't I mean that's pretty telling to me. Mm, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> Like, if you look at the way the basketball team was created, you know, the that Warriors team, when they were winning their championships, had a lot of guys. Like, first of all, they had uh, Curry on their team. But you had a lot of guys who were also, you know, um, very good defenders and were very long. And those like that first championship Warriors team played a lot of great team defense. Plus you had Andre Iguodala on that team. Like, so it was, it was pretty efficient. You had Iguodala, you had Barbosa, 
you know, you had a couple of guys on that team who knew their roles and they had speed on that team. They had length so they could get out and run with the best of you. But I, I just, I, you know, I know what people's perceptions are of like different players, but it's like, if you actually go up and go out and look at their play efficiency rating, that's also pretty telling. I'm not saying that like Andre Drummond is like the answer to everything, but what I am saying is that if you're trying to build a team that is going to get into the playoffs and be successful, you have to have guys who have a player efficiency rating that is at least, you know, you want them to be in like the 17 or 18 range, but at least have one guy who is at least like 25 in player efficiency rating and another guy who's at 20 in player efficiency rating. But if, like, if you look back at that, um, that, that, uh, Miami team, you know, you had Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. So you had three guys whose player efficiency ratings were like 20 or above. Right. But this is Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. Oh, no. Um, like, Drummond. What, what is Drummond's game? What, what, is, what does Drummond bring to the table? A guy that can finish around the rim, a guy that hasn't been motivated to play any sort of real, like, I don't think that you've seen Drummond at his best because he has played on terrible teams throughout his, his career. And when you think about like a big man who is running up the court and trying to establish position and also being a force on the inside offensively and defensively he's going to give you um, rebounds he's going to give you uh, block shots um, and he's he did that with like a limited offensive game his, his offensive game has gotten a lot better as he's been in the league and his free throw percentage is better than it was since he first entered the league like I know what they say like with Wendell and his passing but you've seen that in flashes. We haven't seen Wendell consistently be the, you know, the guy who's facilitating offense. If he was, then we everybody wouldn't have been looking at Thad and how much of a difference there is between Thad and his post play and his ability to initiate offense over Wendell's. Right. Plus, I think that having like a solid center next to Laurie Markkinen, he doesn't have to go out and try to rebound as much. Remember, Laurie was playing very good basketball when he was playing with Robin Lopez, who was like an average center. Somebody who would do the dirty work and like clean up the glass or block out other guys so that Laurie could get rebounds a lot easier at an easier rate than, than before. Laurie hasn't had that since Lopez left this team and you see like that combination between Wendell and marketing isn't working primarily it's not working because Wendell is an undersized um, center so he's been playing kind of out of position and he doesn't have a consistent three-point shot 
to be an actual starter as a power forward. So it's like, well, if he doesn't have that, and I know it's only year three, but usually in year three, you start to see when a guy is special, like things start to pop for him offensively and somewhat defensively. Can you really say that you have seen that from Wendell and or can you say that you think that that's something that's going to happen in the future? Well, defensively, yeah, uh, we've, yeah, we've seen that. Um, you know, his offense has been better in spurts. Um, you know, the, his first couple of years, he was under Jim Boylan. So, you know, what Billy Donovan can do with him, you, you, you kind of kind of have to wait and see with the abilities that he has with Drummond, you know, he's been in the league a few years. He's to me, I I, I don't, I'm not understanding the efficiency thing because to me, he's, he's very inefficient because for his career, he's his true shooting percentage is 54%. And, you know, he, he doesn't take shots out of 14 feet. Um, you know, this year his true shooting percentage is fifty percent, and you know there there's a chart of people who create their own shot at the rim and their effectiveness. And Drummond is dead last. I understand that. So you know, that's if that's his game of playing by the rim, I don't see him being. That good. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if you know playing for the Bulls and having Zach there is going to boost that. I mean, he's great at rebounding. I'll give him that. He 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 averages what a double double with points and rebounds. But I I he he can't step out to shoot a three. Um, like I said, he he's creating a shot at the rim and he's not really shooting that well with it. Yeah, I think though that that's part of what the issue is. He's creating a shot at the rim. As a big man, Drummond hasn't had a, like the best point guard that he has had has been Reggie Jackson. I mean, like, think about that for a second. The person who is trying to get Drummond in the correct spot or allow him to, like, you know, work down on underneath and get in position, the best passer that he's had has been Reggie Jackson. And he hasn't had any other type of point guard or wing player that could get him the ball where he needs to be. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, like you know, <laughs> I'm not the hill that I would die on. But when you have a guy, a big man, who has been able to put up what he's put up in his career without playing with an even an average point guard and no other like um, real skill players around him as far as scoring, pretty impressive to me. Reggie Jackson? He's had a better point guard than Reggie Jackson. Who has he had that's been better than Reggie Jackson? 
it, it has to be somebody that's better than Reggie Jackson. No. I, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. Let me say this. He had Chauncey Billups the year before Chauncey retired. That's still better than Reggie Jackson. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Chauncey Billups on his way out the door and like years of playing with Reggie Jackson. That's not really saying. He's much. played with with Garland. I'd, I'd say Garland's better than Reggie Jackson. I'd say Colin Saxon's better than Reggie Jackson. Colin Saxon isn't a real point guard, and Garland is more of a scoring point guard. He, you know, Garland, Garland, what is this? Is Garland's what, uh, second year? I'm, I'm, I'm from refusing to give you Reggie Jackson. <laughs> he, oh, he's I'm playing sorry. with he's Derrick played with Rose. <laughs> he's played with Jose Calderon. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I know you're refusing to see it, but like, think about it a little bit more. I, he, he played it. with Derrick Rose. Okay, well, even with playing with Derrick Rose. And <laughs> it's like, Rose, I'm not giving you Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Derrick Rose is not a point guard where he is trying to get or look like he hasn't been the best point guard as far as getting guys in the position that they need to be in. Like, Derrick Rose is not like a Chris Paul. No, no. Can we he, he, he's that? not. Hmm? Yeah, that's not what he does. He goes out and dominates you athletically and gets his shot off. I don't think that Derek was necessarily looking to see how I can make Andre Drummond a better version of himself. We can agree on that. Yeah, we can agree on that one. (laughs) I'm just saying, look at his uh, player efficiency rating. Like, just because you were, like, a big man on a really terrible team does not mean that you are going to have a player efficiency rating in the 20s throughout your career. And it would help the Bulls get other teams in foul trouble, which the Bulls are like almost dead last in in that percentage, aren't they? Uh, I believe so. I think it's like they're like 29% in and fouls called, even though, even though part of that has to do with the fact that refs haven't been giving them as much uh, respect as they should be. But yeah, also the um, no, not having Lori there because Lori was actually, I think, getting to the line the most for the Bulls. Really? Yeah. How many times per game is Lori getting to the? This year, it it, it it was up. I think it's around about five times. Um, you know, Zach Zach really rarely gets a call when he goes to the rim. So I think, yeah, you no, know, it is pretty much Laurie was the main one. Um, getting to the foul line for us. Um. You've seen a few attempts where he just goes in and he's he's trying to dunk on people. Um, has been successful with the dunks, but he's getting the, those fouls for him. The effort's there. Yeah. 
Well, we'll know who's crazy if, like, the Bulls, like, decide they're going to trade for Andre Drummond. I, I just know, like, who who would they give up? Are you giving up on Wendell to go and get Drummond, who is – he's an expiring contract, isn't he? This is, he's a free agent after next year. Yeah, so is um, Otto Porter, isn't he? Yeah. So we want to do a, a expiring for an expiring, a Otto for a Drummond. Make it happen. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to trading Otto for him and see, you know, what we get because Otto's not going to be here anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know if you can count on him even with the rest of this year. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm a big fan of what Otto can be, but he hasn't been that. So. It's like what? What are you holding on to? Yeah, Otto does not stay healthy. Um, yeah, I'm not opposed to that trade if it, it's just us giving up Otto. You're coming to the light. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like I said, if it's auto, sure. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> I see the wheels are turning in your head. So you're... <laughs> oh, man. Um, I sidetracked the show, didn't I? No, not I really. Like, <laughs> I, I threw a bomb at the show, and it just went into this whole entire Andre Drummond um, that's the next player the Bulls uh, should target. I mean, it's not really many other people for us to target in free agency, so <laughs> I think it was right online. Um, that's, you know, been the talk with some people the Bulls Nation that we should go after Drummond. Um, I really haven't seen, you know, anybody else's name thrown out there except, you know, if the Bulls should go ahead and get Cal Lowry. Ooh, Cal Lowry. Um, I don't know. I've never been the biggest Cal Lowry fan. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I've not been the biggest Kyle Lowry fan either. Um, I've just seen, you know, that thrown around of, you know, he he's a more of a point guard than Kobe is. So see what he can do and see how that helps Zach. And that's what I've seen. I, I'm I'm not a guy saying, "Hey, let's get Kyle Lowry. He's really going to help this team." <laughs> yeah, that I mean. I don't know if you do that to like Kobe. Like, it's, it's funny with like people like looking down on Kobe. Um, but I think people are just forgetting like, this is his first year starting. Right. Um, and, you know, it was a very uneven, like, Kobe was not playing so much 
you know, like um, you seeing a lot of point guards this year, you know, they're just being thrown in the fire uh, as far as starting or playing, you know, huge minutes. Like you're thinking about the fact that Kobe, this is his first year. And even with all the change that's gone on, he's, he's still averaging five assists per game which to me is pretty impressive for a guy that's never been a point guard. Right. Like, um, you know, like Stacy said on the last pod, um, you know, the first year he, he should have been thrown out there to learn the point guard position under Boylan, but he wasn't. So essentially this year he's playing point guard for the first time. He's learning the position. So I'm I'm not really understanding people. They're like, "Hey, let's we need to get somebody that can replace Kobe and be a real point guard and just put Kobe back on the bench." Yeah, I don't I don't see that as like you know, um, I don't really see that as something that should be what the Bulls were thinking of, especially like you know, like we haven't fully seen what. Kobe is capable of in my opinion like we've we've seen him be able to score um somewhat around the perimeter like he's been pretty decent with like his um three-point shot like his three-point percentage is actually you know it's above league average um and like what is he like I think like isn't he shooting like 39 percent from three yep so you know I don't I don't know if you would really want to curb seeing what you're going to get out of him and how he develops. Um, certainly there, there are times that his decision-making is questionable, but I, I think that that comes with just about any point guard in the league. And, you know, if he's averaging like, I think 14 or 15 points per game, I don't want to give up on, a guy in his first year starting with COVID with no type of real off season to develop. Um, I don't want to see him like somebody else taking away minutes from Kobe. Yeah. I don't want to see that either. Um, like I said, Kobe's what, 2021? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give him a little bit of time. He, he's just learning the point guard position, which is the hardest position to learn in the NBA, and he's learned it this year. So it's like you, you gotta kind of just let him go out there and not curb it with a Kyle Lowry coming in and taking his minutes. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see. I mean, look, look, like how is Toronto even doing? Um, Toronto. I don't think they're doing so good. <laughs> uh, oh, they're actually eighth. They're the eighth seed. They're 17 and 19. Um, they're actually right in front of us. We're the ninth seed currently at 16 and 18. Yeah, I just, you know, that's not really blowing me away as far as adding somebody on. And, um, Kurt, like, taking away from Kobe's minutes, like, no. I saw something crazy where people were saying, like, Sato should be in the starting lineup, and <laughs> um, 
Otto also should be in the starting lineup. And I'm like, what, what are you all talking about? <laughs> are these the same people that said Daniel Gaffer should start over Wendell Carter? Not quite, but, you know, <laughs> like up there, I'm like, what? What? I don't. Daniel Gafford, who was falling out of the rotation for Lou Cornett. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't necessarily think is like had necessarily been the best um, decision that the, Donovan has made, but you know, I can leave that for another podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I did think like there were times where Gafford, not that he would have slowed down in, you know, uh, Embiid or, or Jokic, but as far as having an athletic guy out there who's going to run the court and make those guys at least move, um, you know, but that's neither here nor, nor there. That's that's like a topic for another episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess, um, what is the trade deadline? The trade deadline for this year is on the 25th, so I guess we have a couple weeks see, you know, with the Bulls, maybe good trade. Um, if they could get some out of auto, if he plays, you know, during that time to boost his value up. Um, I really, I really just don't see the Bulls making a move. You think they stand pat with what they have? I, I think they stand pat unless, you know, we can get something for Otto, maybe, you know, Otto for German. Um, I, I, I don't see them really doing anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is going to be strange because they're like, as, um, as, um, you know, um, AK has already said in a couple of different ways, like, when you're looking with, teams and how this pandemic is, is going and the structure of the playoffs with being able to get in um, that you're going to see a lot more teams who are going for it who really don't have a chance at all of you know advancing very far in the playoffs I don't want the Bulls to leverage anything just so that they can make it into the playoffs like they can you know find somebody who is going to help them now and in the future I'm all for that but like you were saying before with like trading um like a fad for just a low first round draft pick or taking on like a whole bunch of money from somebody else so that they can make it past the first round of the playoffs I don't know if that really you know, makes a lot of sense for this team right now. All right. Um, what about Laurie? You know, a lot of people have been thinking, you know, we should trade Laurie. Um, you know, Felicio's contract <laughs> expires, right? <laughs> like, his, his contract expires. His right? contract expires. Okay, so you have his contract, you have um, Otto Porter's contract. I don't see there being 
they're that much of a like a significant free agent class that's going to be coming up this year or even next year. So I think if like Laurie's numbers are reasonable and nobody else like, you know, offers him some type of ridiculous contract, which the Bulls can match. But I think, you know, would it be a bad thing if like Laurie was brought back with like making 18, 19 million per year? Like that's such a terrible thing. Um, I'm saying it's not because, like you said, the free agent class that you know the big names that are supposed to be in the free agent class for you know the upcoming off season, they're already pretty much dried up because guys have signed extensions and they're staying where they're at. Yeah, it's like Giannis isn't isn't going anywhere. Anthony Davis isn't going anywhere. Um, more than likely, Kawhi Leonard, um, I, like, he has an opt-out after this year, I think. But, you know, I couldn't really see him leaving L.A. for anything. And I don't think anybody wants to take on Paul George's contract. Um, and LeBron is, is not leaving L.A. Like, why would he? Right. There's no reason to do that whatsoever. So, outside of those names, like, Donovan Mitchell has already signed, like, he re-signed up. Um, Jokic is going to be in Denver for a while. So, like, it's like, who who are you going to be paying money to? Exactly. So, it's like, why, why would we trade Lari? And if it's not some ridiculous contract, why not match it? I mean, it's not like there's somebody out there that we can – go and get in a free agency and pay all this money to that's going to come in and make this impact. There's no realistic big name free agent that's coming up. Um, like even, even Bradley Bill was content with staying in Washington for whatever reason. Yeah, he's making like over 30 million per, right? Yeah. So like he, you know, if, if somebody, if some team was willing to trade for him, you know, I'm I'm sure anybody would be more than happy to trade for him, but like, are the Bulls going to be able to like? Would it make sense for them to have Bradley Beal at the expense of like, you know, if they don't have a point guard on the team, they don't have like a starting center on the team, like that? You know, that's not really going to make a whole bunch of sense if you have to ship all of those guys out in order to get Beal. Um. Yeah, like I don't think Beal is coming, going to be doing anything from the Chicago. I don't think that um, Washington thinks that Chicago has anything that they would want. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see any big name players who are going to be on the move anytime in in the the next year or so. Exactly. So, no, I I would. I'm standing with the Bulls are pretty much going to stay pat. And Laurie will be back next season. Yeah, I think so. Makes sense to me. Like I said, uh, Toronto is one spot ahead of us right now. 
Um, they have one more loss than we do, but one more win. I'm pretty sure that's going to flip-flop pretty much nightly uh, in the Eastern Conference because so many teams are similar records. Um, with this second half of the schedule coming up, what do you think? Do do we make the playoffs or the play-in? Oh, you know how <laughs> I feel about making these predictions that the Bulls are going to be taking the next step. Um, I'm going to say if they get a healthy Wendell and a healthy Laurie and nothing else happens to bad, uh, I'm saying that this is a playoff caliber team. Okay. Uh, I agree with you. Um, it's, currently we're in the play-in, but you know, the Knicks are the fifth seed. And they're 19-18. Okay, the Knicks lost their starting center. They play hard, but they don't score points very well or efficiently. Like, I know, like, Tibbs is running that team like it's the Derrick Rose <laughs> Chicago but, like, it's a very thin line from, like, what that team is capable of versus what they'll be able to do long-term moving forward unless they get, you know, somebody who they compare with Julius Randle. Like, I don't, I don't foresee, like, Derrick Rose really having that great of an impact that is going to carry this bull, this up. That, that next team to where they need to go in as far as making the playoffs. And I, I don't – like, I've never been a fan of um, – uh, who's the guy that they drafted last year? Um, played for Duke. Um, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Like, I just – you know, unless you're going to play him as an, an undersized power forward – He's able to use his speed to get to the basket over guys. Like, I don't – he's not a consistent shooter. He's not a consistent scorer. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really see that team being able to move forward with losing one of their best players, and they don't have outside shooting. So, yeah. The I think – uh, make a fall at some point. Yeah, the the Heat are at six at eighteen or eighteen. The Hornets. Uh, Heat haven't been healthy all year, um. So like I, I, you know, you haven't seen the full capabilities of the Miami Heat. I know that like with the way that they were, where they were at with the bubble last year, it was like catching lightning in a bottle. I don't think that the Heat are going to be able to match what they did last year, but I still think that the Heat are a playoff team. The Hornets are at 7, 17-18. Um, that comes down to whether or not Gordon Hayward is healthy, uh, which is a big if every single year that, you know, since he, since he came over to, uh, uh, to the Celtics, came over to the Eastern Conference, really. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't see Lonzo Ball being able to push that team into uh, or Lamelo. I yeah, Lamelo. I don't know why I insulted him. <laughs> I will give it to him. He is light years better than Lonzo. Definitely. Yeah. So, but I don't think that his, I don't think that he's there yet where he can carry a team into the playoffs and make them that much better. And then, you know, the Raptors, 17 and 19, are in front of us at eight. Um, you know, even if we don't trade for Lowry, I've seen Lowry's name being mentioned in a lot of trade talks as somebody to watch to be moved by the deadline. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, Toronto looks at that team and they're like, we're barely a playoff team. Like, what are we trying to hold on to, hold on for, really? Like, even, like, with Siakam, everybody's been talking about Siakam, how you know, he's really um, started to improve his overall game. Like, Siakam is really, like, at best a third uh, um, a third player that you want on a team if you're if you're like planning on going far in the in the uh, playoffs, he's not a number two, and he definitely isn't the number one. But um, not a big fan of Laurie of um, of um, what's his face, um, <laughs> the point guard. But um, of Lowry, but if they were to lose Lowry, like that would kill their playoff chances right there. Yeah, and just to recap for the play-in, it's the seventh through the tenth seeds. Charlotte seventeen and eighteen and seven. Toronto is eight at seventeen and nineteen. The Bulls are nine, sixteen, eighteen, and the Pacers are ten, sixteen, and nineteen. So it's going to be a lot of flipping and moving. I think uh, as the season continues, even with you know the Heat at number six being 18 and 18 it's still that potential where the Bulls could climb up to number six and they avoid the plan completely which would I think would be the ideal situation is you don't want to go into a plan yeah because any anything can happen with a plan like you know team catches fire you know they're, they're uh, hitting it from outside or a player just goes off in a game or two, like, you know, anything can happen in that scenario. So I think that they want to avoid that at all costs. Right. Um, no, but we will see. Um, said we are back in action tomorrow against the Joel Embiid Ben Simmons 76ers. The other guys. <laughs> the other guys. Uh, you know, and then we play the Heat, you know, a victory over the Heat. And, you know, the other guys, that would have us at, you know, 500. And that would have us over the Heat at the sixth spot just by winning those two games. So <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting to watch where we're going to finish this season at. Yeah, definitely will. And we're finally back at it tomorrow. Yes, sir. Uh, Justin, you want to give any final thoughts? Um, no, I think I said my piece. 
Like I'm not win. expecting you that Drummond uh, should be joining the team anytime. <laughs> and he went to the where they can follow you, Justin. <laughs> Drop your Twitter. Oh yeah. Um at he said what sports on Twitter. Go ahead and add him there uh about Andre Drummond <laughs> joining the Bulls. Uh you might add me and tell me why he should. It's at Young Jordan. Um the Bulls uh nothing Pod's Twitter is N O T H I N Bull. Um, I'm sorry, it's Bull N O T H I N. And a uh, quick shout out to Stacy King. Um, you know, he was on the pod last time. We had some technical issues. Everything went smoothly today. So, as it has this whole entire I... year since we have been. <laughs> Uh, program. So I don't know what happened with Stacy King. Um, stuff just goes wrong when we have him on. <laughs> Stacy's great. He, he made it enjoyable even throughout the difficulties. Um, <laughs> Stacy, that's you and your high tech. Give me the hot sauce podcast technology over there. <laughs> But until the next time, uh, you know, this is a podcast we know we'll be talking about nothing but bull. And, you know, go bulls. We'll be back in action tomorrow.